Hi, welcome to episode 155 of the LDS Study Session with me, your host, Matthew Roberts. We're going to continue with our Come, Follow Me study for the week, uh, looking at October 28th to November 3rd in First and Second Timothy, Titus and Philemon, or Philemon, or however you want to say it. Uh, and we're going to continue in the individual study section, uh, looking at Second Timothy, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Um, this um, section draws the point that, or draws out the point that Second Timothy, the epistle, uh, is probably, uh, we we believe, most likely the last epistle that Paul writes uh, to anyone, as far as we know. Um, it certainly seems to be the last chronologically that we have recorded uh, in the current canon of scriptures which we have, uh, and so. It's quite interesting when you look at the things that he says and in the context in which he knows he's writing them. For interestingly, similarly to the Saviour, uh, similarly to the Prophet Joseph Smith uh, and other people in, in the history of the church in terms of the ancient church and other times, they seem to be aware that their time is drawing to a close. Uh, and so this is really Paul's last opportunity to write or give some words to Timothy who has been as we've read previously in the uh, week study, uh, one of the closest companions and, com and com well, yeah, companionly uh, to Paul on his missions and in his teaching. And so it's quite interesting to see what he shares with this uh, young leader um, as he knows he is going to be leaving mortality in the near future. Uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, uh, he starts with a very strong message, which um, this section is, is titled with, he says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. So clearly, this message, this letter, is intended to develop and strengthen Timothy's faith uh, in the Saviour. Um, he knows that he will be leaving soon, and his uh, young um, companion, he wants to leave him with a remembrance of the strength that is available through the Saviour. Uh, in a talk in October 2012 called Be Valiant, Encourage, Strengthen, Activity, uh, Gary E. Stevenson, who was at the time serving as presiding bishop, uh, gave this quote um, in the priesthood session of the conference. And he's speaking specifically to young men, but of course a number of the principles in here apply to all of us. Quote, young men, there'll be times when you, like John, will have to demonstrate your righteous courage in plain view of your peers, the consequence of which may be ridicule and embarrassment. Additionally, in your world, skirmishes with the adversary will also be fought on a silent, solitary battlefield in front of a screen. Technology, with its substantial benefits, also brings challenges not faced by generations before you. A recent national survey found that today's teens are tempted at alarming levels each day, not only in schools but also in cyberspace. It revealed that teens who were exposed to images of drinking or drug use on social networking sites were three to four times more likely to use alcohol or drugs. Commenting on the survey, a former U.S. Cabinet Secretary said, This year's survey reveals a new kind of potent peer, peer pressure, digital peer pressure. Digital, digital peer pressure moves beyond a child's friends and the, friend, and the kids they hang out with. It invades the home and a child's bedroom via the Internet. The demonstration of a righteous courage will be often subtle as to click or not to click. Missionaries are taught from Preach My Gospel, what you choose to think and do when you are alone and you believe no one is watching you is a strong measure of your virtue. Be courageous, be strong, stand ye in holy places, and be not moved. Young men, I promise you the Lord will I promise the Lord will empower you.
for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. He will reward you for your courage and righteous behaviour with happiness and joy. Your such courage will be a byproduct of your faith in Jesus Christ and his atonement to your prayers and your obedience to commandments. Close quote. Now, the quote I shared off obviously focused a lot on kind of use of technology and temptation in cyberspace and things like that. Uh, but I think this applies to a number of things that we may falter at times, we may struggle with keeping up or doing what we know we should be to build our spirituality. And at times we may be tempted, particularly in, in, our, in our public life, to just forego the things which we are meant to be trying to live. Uh, and this is something which we should not do. Um, we, we will be blessed as we base our faith on the spirit of power uh, and, not of, and not allow ourselves to give in to fear of what others think. Uh, although this is, this is very difficult at times. As uh, he then goes through, Paul gives a lot of edifying words. And then in the last chapter, in chapter 4 of Second Timothy, he then begins to draw this to a close. And uh, he actually does point something out, which I don't know if we were aware that he, he was aware of. In Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 to 4, he says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. Now, I want to address this phrase, itching ears, first, because it does make you kind of chuckle, think, what? What's that talking about? Um, I did have a look at the kind of the, the original Greek and possible translations. Um, it seems that this definition is obviously itching, but also to, to tickle. Um, it, it's kind of a tickling or itching um, verb. And then the, the word ears, in, when you look at the original Greek and the potential translation definitions, it also could possibly link to hearing rather than ears. So when you look at heaping to themselves teachers, having itching hears, ears, I, I think that could be translated better to tickling uh, hearing or tickled hearing, which I think, and that kind of conjures up images of people that, you know, when there's something which, like gossip or something that catches their interest, which draws them away from what they should be doing, then it draws them away straight away. They want to have things that, that kind of satisfy their own uh, views or interests or developments in their, in their lives. And actually that makes sense when you think about how people now, you know, will find the next new thing or move away from, you know, centuries old doctrines and teachings because of new things that are happening. Um, this really does apply. And Paul seems to know here that there will be a, fall, a falling away. I mean, he has obviously alluded to this a few times throughout the standard, throughout the letters that he's written. But here, he's pretty much saying that they will not anymore for in the near future follow the true doctrine. And so again, that must be very difficult for Paul. And there he is, sitting in a cell, you know, with very little sustenance for himself, knowing that he is going to die soon. And yet, he is writing this epistle with a lot of hope and faith in his saviour, with strength. Uh, even though he knows that all of his work on the earth may be in vain, but again, as we discussed recently, he obviously knows that he'll have an impact uh, for those people that he's certainly teaching now, and, may, and I'm sure he hopes that his words would have some lasting benefit to others, which of course they now do, being uh, written into the Bible for hundreds and hundreds of years, which I'm sure he wasn't aware that was going to happen, but it's a blessing for us that it did. And actually, we then see in verses 6 to 8 that even though all of this, with him being imprisoned, 
with him knowing that there is going to be a falling away of the truths that have been taught, he still has faith and strength and hope. In verses 6 to 8, he says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Um, Again, you know, just a fantastic um, quote here, that, you know, Paul knew that he would be blessed for his efforts that his efforts would not be in vain and that the Lord was aware of what he had done to try and spread the word and, and teach the truth. Um, and just, just going back to uh, the, the apostasy, in a, in a talk in October 2005, um, Merrill J. Bateman said this, quote, following the Saviour's death and those of his apostles, doctrines and ordinances were changed and apostasy set in again. This time, spiritual darkness lasted for hundreds of years before rays of light would once more penetrate the earth. The Apostle Paul also prophesied of a time when the members would not endure sound doctrine and that a falling away would precede the second coming of Christ. He too referred to the restitution of all things, saying that the Saviour, in the dispensation of the fullness of times, might gather together in one all things in Christ. Close quote. Um, so again, you know, linking to the fact that Paul clearly knew uh, that, that there would be this falling away. And despite this, he still had this positive message for Timothy. Alvin R. Dyer said this, quote, uh, and yet, in what spirit did he write Timothy, his young convert who is faltering in the faith? Does he complain of his hardships? Does he regret his life? Does he dampen the courage of his younger friend by telling him that almost every earthly hope is doomed to failure and that to struggle against human wickedness is a fruitless fight? Not so. His last letter to Timothy is one of hope rather than despair. For himself the battle is over, the race is run. The day's work in the master's vineyard is well nigh over. When it is quite finished, and when he has entered the Master's presence then and there, nowhere and now, shall he receive the crown of righteousness, an unspeakable reward. It is Timothy, not Paul, who is in danger of yielding to languor and timidity, and forgetting that the Spirit of God is not of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Close quote. And I think that, that rounds everything out really nicely about what I've been sharing in this session, just that Paul clearly had great faith, and so... As we apply this to our lives, maybe we can remember when things are difficult to remember that the spirit of the Lord is of power and of love and of a sound mind and not of fear. Thank you very much for listening today. If there's anything that you wish to share, please do so at MattSRoberts90 on Twitter or email session at gmail.com. Look forward to, seeing, to being able to speak to you again and until we meet again.